Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Yeah, I, I can see it there. Look at that. Oh, man, that is Ouch. nasty. Yeah, that's it. They're going to call it. At this point, like, I just go back to work. I, I do what I love best, and I continue to get better. Jessica I, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Uh, I'm so happy you're here, Bobby. Uh, Matt is still away. He's over at Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. Uh, on the phone, we have, uh, well, not right now, coming into the, we have uh, Brendan uh, Fitzgerald and, of course, Jessica I is making her return to the show. So we'll have those guys on today. Uh, I'm happy you're here, man. Yeah, it's good to see you, buddy. I don't get to see you ever anymore so i know and i'm so fucking blind like i i literally can't do anything without like i take my glasses off and i don't know why like i'm not no one thinks i'm young no one thinks i'm not a fucking wrinkled old fool like i really i was looking at my fucking dumb hair in the mirror and i'm like oh i am really uh, i just gotta i gotta do what you and what rogan and what everyone matt has done i just gotta fucking give up on it. it's terrible yeah it, well it's i mean yeah it's bad yeah, you look like a sick bird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> Yeah. Um so I just had on. to get I I got I wear you know, my eyes are going so bad. Yeah. And Dawn got the LASIK, my wife got the LASIK, so she's got perfect eyes now. I can't see shit. Why don't you get the LASIK? Well, I can't read anymore, but I don't know if LASIK can fix that. I think that's a muscle issue in the back. Yeah. What can't you get it and just uh fix it? No, I got to, I got to, I just read, I, my had 2020 my whole life until 44 and then my oh. eyes started going and then uh, now I got to wear glasses all the time. I can't read shit. It's terrible. And it's weird too, because we all convinced ourselves that we're I- invincible. It's funny. I think it's Jessica, uh, Jessica, I, who quoted saying fighters are the biggest liars because you always have to lie about your health and about your, yeah. you know, what's wrong with you. And I think for people, you just convince yourself that you're going to be different. Like we all convince ourselves like, no, it's going to be different. And I'm like, no, I'm 52. My hair is fucking shit on top. My eyes are awful. It's gray. Like I'm finished. And I thought it wouldn't happen to me. And it, it is. They were right. It's funny, though. I mean, like comics. That's why I love being a comic, though, because we can own our horse shit. Yep. More than other like actors really can't own their horse shit. You know what I mean? Like we can just be a mess and go on stage and talk about being a fucking mess and literally make our money off of that shit. You know what I mean? It's, it really is true. I mean, you want your, you have to have a voice that you can use, but we don't need to be perfect pitch. Perfect. Like say you can walk on stage. I can talk about, I'm just, you know, I'm turning into a wrinkled pile of shit and people will, (laughs) (laughs) people are fine with it. Nobody's going to get upset about that. Nobody's going to go like I was watching some of uh, Biden's inauguration and watching uh, J-Lo, because I was kind of saying, like, I'm sick of J-Lo being everywhere. But she came out and she sang, really, she sounded good. If she wasn't lip syncing, she sounded great. I think she was singing live. And I'm like, there's so much pressure on singers that we don't yeah. have to deal with. There's so much pressure to have the voice uh, exactly correct and, and, the, and the pitch exactly correct. And if a comedian, you got to do that in the middle of a joke, no one gives a fuck. You know what, though? It's, I, I, I have to disagree with you because most singers don't sing. Most singers sling, sing on a track, right? Which I and hate. they have, and it, they just go out and lip sync the horse shit. You know what I mean? There's no. I will bet my I will bet my wife and child that she did not sing live. You know, I I tend to agree too. I I hate the lip syncing. I hate. I mean, I'm talking under perfect stand, circumstances, like when they got to sing live. But I mean, yeah, the lip syncing sucks. Yeah, I couldn't tell. It sounded like it might be live. And then there was a moment I'm like, did I just hear it kick into a track? Because she was actually, she did something off the cuff, I think, in the middle of it. 
that sounded live. I don't mind lip syncing. I'm fine with it. it just, oh, you don't mind it? It's just, it's just, no, I don't mind steroids. Please give every baseball hitter roids. I love home runs. Yeah, I love seeing a guy hit a ball 700 fucking feet over the river yeah. and hit a guy in a kayak. <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> yeah. And I love, and I love, you know, when singers go out and they just don't let me know about it. I just yeah. don't want to know. Let me be in the matrix. Do your homework and don't make sure you're saying, you know, don't in the middle of it try to improv some stuff. How are you guys feeling? And now it's sound. The mic sounds different. The live yeah. mic. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I I have no problem J Lo lip syncing, but there's no way she sang. There's no. I mean, way. you might be right. Watch it. You know what? The next time when you get a chance today, just watch it. I thought she did, and I was looking for the lip syncing because I hate it so much because comedians can't do it. Like that's what <laughs> bugs me about singers. You motherfucker! Not only do you get to do the same song for thirty years. You get you get to come out and not even have to do. You know how much I'd love to come out and just do fucking monster rain to a fucking track behind me. <laughs> I'd love I'd love to do piss the pants monster. <laughs> oh my god! Wouldn't it be great? You just kind of going through it, moseying oh. through it. You know, oh, oh, we can't do that shit. No, we can't do that shit. And it's actually for for singers. They they actually get mad at you if you don't sing "Shot Through yeah. the Heart." That's right. They'll be pissed if. Bon Jovi does all new tracks. All right, we get it. You're country now. Move on. Sing Shot Through the Heart and Let Me Go Home. Yeah, you, you know, know what? That is true because Neil Young or guys like that or Bob Dylan always try to just do new stuff and people want to set fire to the exits. So it's almost like, you know what? They, they I, I think that the artists want to do stuff, but people demand it. Uh, I, I remember I, they just, I, I watched a, uh, I watched Bob Dylan, I think at one of the Woodstocks I went to, or is it? Uh, no, it was Bonnaroo. And I was like, I got to see him because he's here and I'm not even a fan. I didn't recognize one fucking thing he did. So <laughs> I well, there's get, only a couple comics that can dice dice. He, yeah, th They expect him at the they end. They demand it. They, yeah, they to do. He does new stuff and, and then he has to do the stuff, which you have to do. Yeah. When you go see dice, it's part of the experience because he's so fucking iconic. You know, do you but know dice? what's that? Do you guys know each other? You and dice? No, I met him with you. And Rogan in uh, we went and saw him at the Riv. Remember? That's right. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I'm I still have that shirt. I met him there very briefly, and then uh, I met him online. Oh, okay. He started talking to me about online, just like he knew me, and he was talking about how great he did that whole some crazy fucking nutty rant about me, and it was hilarious. I I love him. I love him on yeah. Insta uh, on Instagram. He's the best. He would love you. I, I think uh, you, you're right up. And like, he would really love you if you guys hung out because you're funny. Like, and he's a really uh, watching his cameos. There's literally very few things I enjoy more than watching a dice cameo. Cause that's exactly what it's like to hang out with him. You just sit there and he says weird shit and you have no idea what he's talking about. And, and that's exactly what he does. on well, cameo. Your cameo is supposed to be a minute. He'll go on for, I think it was the last one I watched was, 15 minutes yeah of him walking around his house talking to his girl <laughs> and going oh way anyways back and he just goes he just trails off on a conversation and then comes back to the cameo guy yeah i uh, love his glasses and his hats he's the yeah. best the kids salami hats i was fucking <laughs> he used to sell a kit salami a kid salami kit i would tell him the fucking nerve of you to sell that as a kit <laughs> He would sell the kids salami kit on the road. It was very funny. It was overpriced. Really uh, funny. But his cameos are hilarious. Uh, uh, yeah, I wasn't sure if you guys were friends. Like He would really love you. That's funny, though. You brought up that thing with fighters that they can't. They can't reveal. Look, let me tell you something. You know, you get an upset stomach. You yeah. know, I stub my toe. I'm going to call in and be like, I can't make the show tonight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. These these guys, these men and women. Right. They have to hide their pain. They have to hide because th that's a that's a benefit to the person that's fighting you. If you did something to your knee or your elbow or something happened to your rib, you have to keep that shit hush hush, and you got to go fight a championship fight or you know a professional fight in the UFC three rounds. That's fucking nuts, man. And then you always find out after the fight. Oh, yeah, I broke my toe. Right. You know, I've, I stubbed my toe on luggage last week. <laughs> I was on the ground for an hour and a half crying. <laughs> my baby toe came out of came out of its socket. I was like, ah, I was on the ground. Don walked by me three times. 
didn't know, didn't acknowledge me. You know, it is weird. Like Al, uh, Alistair Overeem, when he fought Mark Hunt and he beat Mark Hunt, he'd overcome food poisoning. Like, man, you want to say hi? One, Max, wants 24 hours. Oh, yeah, let me see Max. All right, I gotta, you got to say hi real quick and then head out, okay? You got school and I'm on the show. Come here. Who's they got? Who's there? Hey, Max. Hi, Jim. Hi, buddy. How you doing? Doing good. Yeah. Good. Wearing your mask. Responsible. It's good to see. Yeah. You. I'm playing chess with you for now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, good man. Chess. You play chess. You're playing. You're playing chess. You're playing him. I didn't know that. Wait. Yeah. Which? Oh um, my God! You're the one who said hi. It's Max. <laughs> yes. I, I, I didn't know. I just thought it was somebody <laughs> introducing themselves. Oh, I'm sorry, Max. I didn't know it was you. Um, hi, buddy. Okay, buddy. I'll make sure now that I know it's you. I'll make sure I, I didn't recognize. You. He said, "Hi, it's Max." You should said, "It's Bobby's son." Just get back here. Take a knife. Go play with the knife. I'm kidding. Beat it, <laughs> Max, Goodbye, Max. Get out of here. I'll see you later. Bye, I'll be in a little bit. All right, but why well, I didn't know that. Let's bring in Jessica. I too. Our guest has arrived. I had. I'm glad you said that because I people will come in and go, "Hi, it's so and so," and I'll go, "Hey, nice. Hi, how you doing?" I didn't know that was your Max. Today's episode is brought to you by Devour, the official frozen meal of the UFC. They put big flavor first with premium meats, creamy sauces, and gooey cheeses. How good does this sound, Matt? Check out their buffalo chicken mac and cheese the next time you're in the freezer aisle. It's smothered in a spicy buffalo cheddar cheese sauce that'll knock your socks off. Or how about their loaded potatoes with Angus beef and bacon? God, that sounds good. It's You guessed it, loaded with crispy bacon and delicious hunks of Angus beef. This sounds so good. Whatever you choose, Devour Meals is the new favorite frozen meal. I love Devour, Jimmy, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get nuts with the meals, Jimmy. Devour Meals, the official frozen meal of the UFC. Life can be a battle. Whoever you are, we're all fighting for something. O2 Industries is here to protect fighters like you. That's why they created TR2, the ultimate military-grade respirator. It battles airborne particles, so you can fight for honor, not for air. Developed with Tier 1 operators, this respirator is eyewear compatible and fits a wide range of facial profiles. It's even approved by elite fighters like George St. Pierre. Available for fighters like you, check out its bold design and pre-order yours at protectthefighter.com. O2 Industries, proud to fight alongside the UFC. How you doing? I'm really, really good. I'm really good. I actually just woke up from a nap, so bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Are you a good napper? I'm shit at taking naps. I can't do it. You know what's crazy? Um, Like, pre-getting sick and getting my gallbladder removed, like, like that time I was super napper, so this is the first time I've been taking naps in, like, months. So I've been pretty good and high energy. The only reason why I think today happened is I sat by the pool and then went and did three miles earlier. So this Abu Dhabi son kind of beat me up. What kind of, uh, I was, you know, reading about, about the gallbladder surgery and was there, there was like a, a mental fog or something that came with that? Or and how did you know you had a problem with your gallbladder? Well, so, I mean, just, I'll, I'll try not to be too health related whenever I say some of these things, but your gallbladder is, there's parts to your digestive system, your liver, your pancreas, and your gallbladder. So as soon as you go to eat food, as soon as I take a bite, here's my raspberry. I eat it. As soon as my, your brain says you're eating food, release bile, start digestion. Well, basically what has been happening over many, many courses of years of my life um, is that I had no idea since even a child, I was allergic to egg and dairy. I'd always felt kind of bad when I had ate it, but I didn't really realize how bad it really was. Um, um, and it wasn't until it started to surface, um, back around the Valentina fight and the Viviani fight that I was like, man, am I just, I'm just must be getting older. I'm in my thirties. Your body starts to change. Things start to be kind of weird. Well, at any rate, um, uh, going into the Cynthia fight, I was trying to eat eggs. And anytime I like ate anything that the UFCPI gave me or any food at all, for that matter, I would just puke it up or I would get terrible stomach aches. Um, so, uh, what was actually happening is, um, I've been struggling and I, I had no idea my whole life that I had irritable bowel syndrome. Um, and I actually struggle with both irritable bowel syndrome D and C, but then, um, when the gallbladder got lost, 
basically what was happening. Anytime I ingested food, my body was just storing it and it was fermenting in my body. So imagine eating food and every time you eat it, the food does not digest. It just stores and ferments in your gut, which causes bacterial overgrowth. So between bacterial overgrowth and a dead organ, my body was just constantly being poisoned uh-huh. um, on, a, on a regular basis. And I thought that, you know, by nature, I was just like, being a fighter, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, fighters were the best liars. We lie about pain all the time, whether we're in it or whether or not we feel it. So I think I was lying to myself for a long time and, um, to kind of fast forward and in that I feel much, much different having that out of there. I mean, my gallbladder, most people get theirs removed to anywhere from 60 to 75% function. So people notice it that soon. Mine was at 9% function and almost fully dead. And you said, you you said you you were kind of disappointed that everybody was more focused on you you not making weight and instead of how you were when you were you yeah, were. I you just were. think you know I mean just like anything like I've been in this sport many years. If I ran into Matt and I noticed that Matt's skin looked a little bit messed up or was on his best day, like man, is everything all right? Y'all good? You know, is everything yeah. like you see people and you ask them, but we got by nature that we forget that this is so much of a business that everybody treated it like a business when it wants to be a business. But when it comes to personal stuff, you want to know the details. Right. So it's like when I didn't watch that weigh in video, I didn't, I didn't see it until months afterwards. I think I just had disconnected with everything because everything was so bad into the weight cut into the fight camp. I mean, the fight camp was only two weeks. So like, Nobody asked me if I was okay. I mean, outside of the people that were there that day, but the media made assumptions, you know, people just like instantly put this thing out there that like, I didn't care about my weight. I didn't care about being a professional has nothing to do with anything. I, I, I didn't know what I was dealing with. I was literally running from a dying organ in my body. I mean, it really hurt my feeling that people don't understand that. Like if I had died, would it made it a little bit better? Right, people right, have been right. a little bit more forgiving of me. Was there a way they could have, uh, like, was it something that they caught late? Or, oh, God, man, if they had caught it earlier, they could have done something to fix it? Or was it shot for so long there was just, there was nothing to be done? So I've always kind of struggled with, like, food, foods my whole life. So when I first got into fighting, I didn't come from a martial arts background or a wrestling background. I'd reached out to people, and I was like, hey, can you help me with nutrition? I've never made weight in my life. I've, <laughs> I'm going to start doing this fighting stuff, and i got to make weight all the time. No one, I'd never identified with the scale, you know, in that regard. So over the years, I'd start developing good eating habits and had all these great things that when I made my return to 125, I felt absolutely great. That was when the UFCPI had just came around about 2017. I'd met Clint and Clint was like, Jessica, dude, you cut great to 25. You should let me know how you do it. I'd love to be able to help our fighters. No, to fast forward, you know, a couple of years later, when I made the decision to leave Ohio to go to Las Vegas, it was because I was dealing with things that I didn't understand. So I had went to Clinton Charles and I'd said multiple times, I'm like, man, I think something's wrong with me. I'm not really going to the bathroom right. And my stomach always feels like it's got water or something in it. And I, and I can't explain it, but I always feel like there's like water in my gut every time I go to work out. And we had constantly talked about it that which had engaged everybody to go, hey, let's pull some carbs out of you and let's go keto. Let's try keto diet. It's, it's the new thing. It's very good for your brain. Um, but going back to having a bad gallbladder, your gallbladder is the n- number one in digestion for fat in your body, good and bad fats, no matter what it is. So basically it holds that concentrated amount of bile so that it can break down some of the most hardest things that your body digests. So being on that keto diet and ingesting avocados, uh, peanut butters, certain fats, dairies, and things like that, that they say to take, it was, it was killing me. And we didn't know it. We couldn't figure it out. What does, uh, you said keto is good for your brain. Why is it good for your brain? It's your fat. So understanding fat content, right? Understanding why we eat fat and understanding good fats versus bad fats. So basically fat creates almost like an encompass around your brain. So it's very good for people to stop with, um, concussions. Um, it kind of goes back to why CBD is so important and why they put CBD with MCT oil. It's a fat. CBD and THC are fat soluble. They need to be together. Your brain is built from fat. 
you know, so that it helps your body um, to stay just working better. But if you don't have working organs, it, it doesn't matter. It, the, the organ, everything works together. And I think that people will go, oh, well, you can live without your gallbladder. Yeah, but I was born with it. Just like you can live without your spleen, but that means life changes. You can live without one kidney, but life changes. You can live with just one lung, but life changes. Yeah. So there's so many changes I've had to make. They announced that uh, they're not going to punish marijuana anymore in the yeah, UFC. Yeah, it's about time. I see your shirt. <laughs> your shirt with the, uh, yeah, there you go. It's High Rollers. <laughs> it's High Rollers t-shirt. Um, You know, I'm a huge advocate for marijuana. My father died from terminal brain cancer. Um, my family has been avid marijuana medically and medicinally. I failed for marijuana my very first fight ever. But one of the things that I've struggled with my whole life has been stomach pains. I've always struggled with it. Something I medicate with is to help to calm my stomach. So um, going into it, knowing that we've now been able to release that when we go back to the States, like I, I can't wait to be able to use medically so that I, you know, I've never struggled with barbiturates. I've never struggled with alcohol or anything. And I think that's because I had that, you know, I mean, yeah. I broke my, my back idea. when I was 16 for the first time they showed me um, painkillers. I was 16 years old and I didn't want to take them then. And thankfully my dad, um, let me use marijuana when I broke my back. And, you know, thankfully I don't, I don't deal with addiction. Yeah. We'll, Calvin we'll Gastelum, I, I think, sorry about it. I think his fight with uh, Belfort, wasn't that overturned his win overturned uh, on a no contest because of testing positive for marijuana. You wonder if they'll go back and fix something like that because you're not doing anything other than giving a guy back a win he earned. I mean, you know, I, I was the very first female to ever test for marijuana in the USC. I was the first female to get my fight overturned, um, as well as getting um, suspended um, going forward, you know, out of the Texas Commission, which has one of the lowest nanogram limits. Basically, 15 nanograms has to be in your body to even show um, in your body and, and how CBD and THC works, it stores in your endocannabinoid system, which lives in your joints. When I go to work out or something hurts, my body goes, release the cannabinoids, help her, you know what I mean? Help the injury and, and do that. So most people forget that unless you're testing by the million nanogram, that's the only way you would have just smoked. So they would have to test us directly then at that time. And that would say whether or not. 150 nanograms is not someone who smoked the day of a competition at all. They would be by the millions. When you hit, when you hit it or you ingest it, it goes by billions or millions, depending on the milligrams you're taking. You so there's no shot of overturning it. You think they're going to go? No, this is how the rules were then. Um, they're not going to get rid of the no contest. I mean, there's still men sitting in jail that you know sold an eighth sure. bag to their friend. Yeah, it's you know, true. unfortunately, I think it's we're still in the early stages of it. And I, I think by nature, all we can do is be proactive and continuously people like yourself talk um, on the microphone and and give a lightness to everything and, and let people understand that the benefits of it and also the negative effects of what it's done to people. I wonder if we're going to see the Diaz brothers fight a lot more now. Well, the, yeah, the... of course. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like, yeah. Can you imagine what Diaz kind of went through? I mean, that's terrible. It's basically going to jail for five years in the middle of your career. Like you, like Crazy. you over, over that, like, God, and people get to, you know, do steroids and, and hit people like, come on. I think that that that's it's a little backwards. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, I, I think you and uh, you and Joanne are both coming off uh, a loss. If I'm, if I'm correct, does that at all change the way you prepare or is your mentality changed a little bit? Uh, Cause nobody wants to have two in a row. Does it mean, how does, how does that affect you when you're in camp? Uh, if, if the prior fight was a win or a loss, you know, what's crazy. It's like, I don't identify with the Cynthia fight. And I know that most people will be like, Oh, she must be delusional. That's why I just don't feel like I was there. I, I really don't. I, I I've yet to even watch the fight in that regard. So I feel like, um, I feel like every chance in life is a new beginning and this is a new fight. This is a new opportunity. This is a, a new chance. I don't look pat, look at the past of like, Oh, I I've lost, you know, the last fight or whatever. I just can only focus on now and moving forward in that, in that regard. How are you guys doing? Have you had any words or anything? Cause you guys are so close. Your, your lockers are near each other. And it seems like 
I mean, have you said anything? She hates me, which is so crazy because it happened out of nowhere. And I literally want to be like, come on, guys, like, let's not make fake beefs in this shit. Like we like I I don't have a problem with you, Joanna, like or, you know, ask me the first time to fight me last year, right before I had elbow surgery. And you said, hey, would you like to fight? I said, sure, let's talk to the let's look to the powers of B. We can make this fight happen. And unfortunately, I had to have elbow surgery. So I was out and I said, hey, I'll. I'll be ready when you are. So we've had lots of, you know, good interaction. She started poking at me and um, I don't know, I came back and kind of said something, but the worst thing you could do is be a hypocrite. And I, and I was a hypocrite about other people making weight and, and being like that. And it bit me in the ass, you know, and I, I can go back and look and say, I can now change and hope that if I see another female struggling on the weight, that maybe I'll be the one to help her or someone else. Um, instead, Jojo is just a, is just exactly what she is a fake person who fakes fake nice on interviews, but isn't really nice in person. So but her, her accent, it must be, she it's, it's such an adorable little accent when she's saying mean things. It doesn't sound that mean. Well, you guys are letting the adorable <laughs> little brat toddler be bad and beat his head off the wall. You know what I mean? Someone's got to yeah. check her on it. You know, right, right. you think she really got a cute little voice. Jessica, do you think that sometimes people, uh, need to dislike an opponent. Maybe that's part of it too. Do you, do you think that she might have that need? Like some people just to get themselves, some guys don't care. Sam Alvey could fight his aunt and not give a shit. Some people just, it doesn't bother them. And some people have to have a little animosity. I mean, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's what it has to be, but I don't think she's ever shown that in any other, in, in any other fight other than just like making it me, you know what I mean? Like, I, I've never seen her be like that towards anybody else um, except for me. Oh. So maybe it's just me. Well, you guys are ranked very close. I mean, uh, you know, so, so, so obviously I think, I think you're six and she's seven or you're five and she's six or, or vice versa. Yeah. I, I, I just named four numbers. So I could just look at the paper. They're just, just throwing numbers, out numbers anyways. <laughs> the numbers are for the fans anyways. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, sometimes it guarantees you a shot, but it, but it looked, I mean, they just gave Aljamain, his uh, his shot against Piotr Jan, but for a, that took quite a while, and that was almost contingent on another fight, and he was ranked number one. So yeah, you're right. There's times where that doesn't even guarantee that you're going to get the, the shot. Yeah. Yeah, I was I, I was uh, I got a question though, because in the uh, on the video, the UFC video, how excited were you when you got on that plane and you had that that the you had the because every time you fly a plane, all right, I'm, I've been in coach, I've been in first, but that one with the door is like the oh ultimate. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, I know you guys are you guys are up in New York and New Jersey area, right? You're New Jersey, yeah. New York, New York. Okay, I'm a Midwest girl, right? Like I grew up on farms. I didn't see things like that. Like I had a 1982 Dodge 600 as my first car. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like to be anywhere like that, like I literally was just amazed. I, who knows if I'll ever get a chance to see anything like that again. I can't afford to put myself in that. Like I can't afford that kind of lifestyle or anything like that. So it was so cool, but it almost was like, you know, like it's good, it's good headspace for a fighter to be in and be treated like that. You know, I think we yeah. all kind of want that, royalty treatment all of us fighters do and i felt so good and felt like so taken care of you know like i felt like somebody did something special for me and in all reality it was my hard work and, and my due diligence that made that seat possible for me you know what i mean it's what kind of was it a suite was it a suite or was it like a big first class yes. what was it it was upgraded it was first class it's like first 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 class yeah it's got a it's own it's got a door that you shot you're in your own little room. Did you take all the in stuff? In a bed. In a oh, bed yeah. that thing lays down into a full flat bed. And the lady was so sweet to me. She's like, can I turn down your bed for you? And like literally gave me pajamas. Like <laughs> I, and even knowing all my food allergies, they had everything that was like, I call myself a vegan. I'm a meat vegan. Cause like most people, um, you know, when they go vegan, they go vegetarian. I'm actually allergic to most vegetables. <laughs> which whoever is, is, it's a whole nother crazy thing. They had all, they had all of my food prepared for me and had everything like, it was absolutely incredible. I can't even, I can't believe I did that.
I know I would literally say Dana. I'm like, thank you. Do I get that on the way home too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my next question. Do you know if you got it on the way home? Because that would suck. I don't know. Let's just go, go out go. there and make a bomb performance so we can be <laughs> like, all right, maybe we just got to like primp up and pamper this girl a little bit. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I've never flown in a suite like that. I've never, uh, I've never been on a plane that had one. Um, yeah. I've seen, like, I've walked through a couple of really nice first class. I've never stayed in one. I would love to. And it's funny. I was literally just looking at airlines and, and their, and their suites. I'm very jealous. You get to fly like that. That's really awesome. So, you know, what's even crazier is like um, when Steve A fought Mark Hunt, um, we were on a big plane like that. It was my first chance ever to get on a big giant plane. That was a Qantas one that was, that was like that. And I remember like seeing like Sipe go that way. And then like me and the rest of the team went that way. And then like when we went and did that, I mean, it, it, it's it's so cool. And I guess Emirates and Qantas are like very known for, you know, those big long fights to do that. Yeah. Is there anything better than when you're getting on a plane <laughs> and you go left and the rest of them go right? There's nothing. <laughs> uh, here's a story. We were doing a, a shows in Cleveland, Ohio from New York. And all of us got upgraded to first, except Bobby here. There was like seven of us that got upgraded and Bobby was stuck in coach and I've never been happier <laughs> with anything. Here, here's, here's why it was bad because only he was upgraded. Everybody was in coach sitting next to me. We're all hanging in coach and then they got upgraded on the flight. So they just were calling names and everybody was leaving me. And, and I, so it was just me by myself and coach for the whole flight no, while they were all up there sucks. having breakfast. It was amazing. Oh, it sucked. I've never been happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? What's crazy about this is that this flight, because of what happened with everything, I don't know if it was the flight crew. My uh, my teammate was actually at practice still. So we were waiting to get our last COVID test and my teammate was running late. And they were like, don't worry about it. The flight crew that's going to fly you guys to Abu Dhabi isn't showing up. We can't find them. We'll come to find out. That's why our flights got delayed. So we originally were testing. We were going to be leaving or Wednesday. We tested. We were going to leave Friday morning. We ended up leaving until Saturday morning because the flight crew never came in. And so then when we got on the plane, took all of us from Las Vegas to Abu Dhabi. So the entire fight card that was there, basically all of my boys got their own rope. So all of my coaches, everybody who was in coach got their own rope. Like we basically, there was probably 40 of us on that entire enormous flight. Wow. You know what I mean? That it was just us. It was all UFC people on the entire flight. So everybody got their own row. Why didn't the flight crew show up? Did they ever tell you? Like, how does the whole flight crew just not show up? Did they, they, they didn't come into the, the country or what happened? I, you know, it's, it's really hard to tell. I don't, I don't really know. I didn't really ask, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I just, I demand answers. You know, <laughs> I mean, really, I'm like, all right, they either got COVID or they got stuck somewhere. So, I mean, those are the two probable answers we got. I heard somebody was working out in the middle of the night in the aisles. Yeah, McMahon was. I saw that. <laughs> That's Sarah's personality, though, man. She's such a doer. She's such a hardcore girl in yeah. that way. Yeah. That's, that, I mean, just just doing, I mean, everything right in the, well, everybody else was sleeping. She was just working out. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. I think, again, you have to figure out like how you do in that 15 minutes. I basically didn't sleep for like 24 hours so that when I got on the plane, I would just sit and relax. My energy has just been through the roof since I've been healthier. So like I feel like a complete energizer bunny. So I wanted to like deplete myself, be super tired and just get on the plane and crash. I mean, so that that did help. And it's helped me get on the time schedule here for the most part. It did. Wow. So that's interesting that the gallbladder would keep your energy low because things weren't, it just kind of kept you in a, a constant fog, huh? Your gut. Okay. You ever eat, you ever have like um, food coma, right? The word food coma, that's where food yeah. coma comes from, right? Yeah. Digestion happens. Your body has to slow down. All of the energy goes into digesting your food. Um, you're, there's a, there's a nerve, right? And again, I, I feel like I'm totally geeking out cause I've learned so much. Oh, that's and, fine. I'm proud of other fighters that are taking, you know, their like and saying things like Max Holloway being like, man, protect your head. Like we have to protect our body. 
there's actually a nerve called the vagal nerve that runs in the frontal lobe of your brain that connects to your gut. So whenever you see someone like see your wife or something you like, you get that giddy feeling right in your belly. You're like, oh, I'm excited. That's your vagal nerve. That's your brain going, hey, stimulate your gut. I like something. I like it. Right. Or it's, it starts stimulating. So there's so much energy that goes into our digestion. And especially with our food nowadays, man, food is so mass produced. And if you're not paying attention to what you're eating, next thing you know, you're eating motor oil. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> you know? that's, it's very interesting. I'm always tired. So I'm, Power, I'm kind of picking your brain for that uh, reason. I'm Powerade, always tired. Powerade, which drives me absolutely nuts. Powerade, the first ingredient is high fructose corn syrup, which is basically motor oil for your body. Powerade. Yes. You can go look at some of these things. And it's not even to like put people down about the way they eat because I'm the right. first person to say I love French fries and hamburgers. But now that I know what some of these hamburgers are being made of with some of these French fries or what some of these people are doing just so that they can produce more money for their business, but then they're not feeding you properly. Like that's, that doesn't sit well with me. Right. Yeah, no. And, and I know it's important. I mean, you might, you obviously you people look at me and they think I'm just a natural athlete, but no, I have to uh, be careful. Sorry, what I, I'm sorry. What'd you say? <laughs> I, I think the, by the way, as I'm talking to you too, I realize I, I've always been like kind of, I've never been really tan, but I've never felt paler. <laughs> oh my I, God. No, don't, don't even say that. I'm totally Midwest white and I had to turn the light off because I'm so burnt <laughs> from being outside right now. So don't, don't even think that it's all an illusion. I am so oh, okay. red and toasted right now. My little mm. baby white girl skin has been crisp by the Abu Dhabi mm. sun. <laughs> well, look, uh, you're always so fun to, to talk to, and uh, I'm really happy we got a chance to, to catch up with you a little bit. Good luck on uh, Saturday. You know, the card, it's, a, it's a big card, so it's got to be also feel good to be on a card like that where you know there's going to be high visibility, and, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, and that's got to make you happy. To yeah, see. because you know what? Everybody, people remember what you do right now, so I can change everything. Everybody will forget all the bad, and they'll let me get past it. Remember when Khabib was missing weight all those times, and everybody was calling him all these names and treating him all these ways? Like, you can change change by making weight and getting a win within seconds. So in 15 minutes, I can change the whole direction of my life. And I and like get that. and get first class on the way home. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes, I'm working for that, man. I'm gonna yeah. be like Dana on my first class flight. <laughs> that should be part of the packet, like you know, knock out of the night bonus. Any bonuses are guaranteed a suite uh, on the ride home. Yeah. That should be a smart thing to do. I had to come home from Singapore when I fought Jesse just there. From I had hit so many kicks, my leg was so swollen. We're back in coach all of my teammates are holding my leg up in the air. So yeah, I, I definitely don't want to jam myself into a small area where all of us are going back. So the entire people that have been here the whole time, all of Abu Dhabi's leaving. So I got to make sure I get that seat. Oh, there's a lot of people going back when you do all of us, we're all going back. So the people that have been here that have already been here, right? So some of the people that fought on Saturday are leaving tomorrow, but the people that are fighting today are leaving when we leave on Sunday, but as well as the whole crew that's been here. So all the workers, so all the workers that have been here for two weeks, we're all coming home. So it'll be a full flight. Full. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, we love you. And, and it's always fun talking to you and uh, you're such a fun person to interview and uh, definitely have a great fight and, and a safe trip back. And I'm sure we'll talk to you before your next fight. Thanks guys. Hey, yeah, enjoy a piece of pizza for me, please. I can never have pizza again. Oh, that's all right. I shouldn't have it because my side fat is hanging over my bathing suit. So neither one of us will have it. Well, if you do have one, think of me. Think of all right. me. All right. Good talking Bye, to you guys. guys. Take care. Bye. Take care. Good luck. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> how are we doing, Jim? How are you? Uh, doing very well. Have you and Bobby met? Do you guys know each other at all? Not no, yet. I, no, I just, I know of him, of course, but of I never course. met in person. Bobby from me? Medford. How are you? Hi, buddy. How are you there? There you I'm go. Doing good. You know. <laughs> he looks like all my friends growing up, though. <laughs>
So uh, where are you now, by the way? I'm you're, in you're Vegas. I, I live in Vegas. Yeah, you are. So you do, have you been over uh, to Fight Island? And if so, how many times? Yeah, I was there for the second one. So I didn't go over for the first one, but I was there in September, October. And uh, I was actually supposed to go to this one. And then kind of the scheduling changes, the network changes. So they kept me back in Vegas. When you go, uh, do you like to go? Like, I don't know. Like, I like to travel when I'm doing something I'm enjoying. Like, do you like to go and stay for a while? Or do you like to get in and out? Or are you like, nah, I can hang here for a couple of weeks? I mean, whatever it is, like when I went over, it was two weeks, which was the longest I was away from the family. So there's that challenge right. to it. But like in terms of going and and being someplace where everybody was tested and it was kind of a bubble was was nice. It was awesome, you know, and the hotel was super nice. So I really liked it, you know, for what it was for the trip that it was and like the setting and stuff. Like I love the heat. It was like 110 degrees every day and it was humid as hell and uh, go for a walk, sweat it out. And uh, no, I liked it. Yeah. You did, yeah. I. Uh, it's funny. We were just talking to Jessica I, and she was talking about. Uh, she got upgraded to like one of those first class suites on the way over. Uh, did they ever? Did they put you in one of those or no? On the plane? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I got business class, which uh, okay, I'll never complain about. You know what I mean? Okay. I didn't. But you walk past the first class things, and it's like, yeah, mini hotel rooms on it a still plane. Hurts. So, it still hurts. It still hurts. It still hurts a little. <laughs> but I mean? but except all of the people that are sitting up there are the fighters, and I'm like, well, okay. They're going over for a little bit of a different purpose than I am. Yeah, the right. fighters are fine, but there's always one guy you'll see in first. Like, like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> oh, like, how did he get I'm that? doing something wrong? Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, one old couple that just has ten <laughs> gazillion miles, and they <laughs> exactly. always hawk up those seats. Yeah, yeah. You must be. Uh, I'm, I know. I'm really looking forward to this card, and it's nice to finally be able to see Michael Chandler. Uh, yeah, a, a fight. It'll be interesting to see. And, and people were giving him so much shit. And it's like, I mean, he literally just came in what September is when he joined the UFC. I think it was September when they announced it. Yeah. So um, people, you think know, he's ducking yeah, fights, people, but he hasn't. Been. Well, I mean, he he came over with a plan, right? And it's like if he's a former champion of of this different organization, and he's, you know, there's one thing to make your UFC debut when you're an up and comer, but there's another when you're like a proven guy in the fight game for what twelve years he was he was over at uh, the other place so um you know and a champion over there highly touted so he's not just going to take any fight he, he he's like i'm not i think his quote was i'm not here for a long time i'm here for a good time right he wants to like win one two three fights and and fight for you know the title in the in the most marquee division in the sport so uh you know i think obviously dan hooker presents a big challenge and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch yeah, it's crazy because guys come over, you never know how they're going to do. It's like you have Justin Gaethje, who I, if I remember was, I, I remember, is it 15 and 0 or whatever when he came yeah. over or 14 and 0. And then you have someone like uh, Ben Askren, who was undefeated when he came over, I believe undefeated, and, and just had a, a, a tough fight against Lawler. Uh, and, and then really, a, a, you know, again, obviously Masvidal and Maya after that. So some guys come over and do great. And other times people think, oh, they were just hyped. Even though they, they yeah. weren't, they just fought tough fighters. Well, no matter what, it's a lot of fun. Like it, it's, it's, a, it's a big yeah. story when they come in. And more often than not, it's fun. Like Askren's controversial win over Robbie Lawler in his debut was like, yeah. that was a, a talking point and it was, drove some people nuts and, and Askren gets the win and you can't believe he looks like that and he's still undefeated. And then uh, Marlon Marais came in and his first fight was a split decision, kind of a dud. But after that, he had some highlight reel knockouts and route to a title shot. He was another highly touted guy. And then Justin Gaethje, he, he speaks for himself. So, um, you know, I like it when these big name free agents come into the UFC. It's a lot of fun. It's a big storyline to cover. Yeah, because you're right. Win or lose, it doesn't. I mean, not that it doesn't matter, but I mean, it is interesting either way. Like, you, it, it's a great story either way. If they do exactly what they're expected to do, or if they just tank, yeah. it's also an interesting thing to talk about. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's just uh, so with Michael Chandler, the wrestling background and all that, and uh, Dan Hooker's as tough as it gets. Big, big, strong guy for the weight class. It's going to be great. That's going to be a great fight. But you, McGregor, though, you know what's weird is every McGregor fight you see him leading up to the fight adding something new, some flexibility or some weird thing or a tennis ball on his head, something training <laughs> where he's adding something and he's just killing himself in, in the gym. And this time there's not that much footage of him training. There's not that there's a lot of footage of him, you know, walking around and his family and his kids. And I always get nervous when my favorite fighters are going to a championship fight and their kids are in the gym. That's usually right. the kiss of death when it's like, hey, and you see the other guy just, you know, 
just Rocky three in it in the basement. Right, right. You know? And uh, oh, the thing with Connor now is he's reached such a level where it's such a platform to fight him. You know, right. and, and Dustin's already fought him before, but that was a that was a different kind of world, right? The yeah. UFC was not as big as it was back then. They were in a different weight class. Conor McGregor wasn't a champion yet, and now you have it. And Dustin Poirier, over his last few fights, he's proven that he's not going to go out with like some first round shot. You know, Conor McGregor's promising a knockout inside 60 seconds. And Dustin Poirier is just beat Gaethje in the fourth round, took his best shots, like went five hard with Dan Hooker the last time out. Like he's been in absolute wars and he's like just telling us I'm willing to suffer more. And for McGregor, I think we want to see a little bit more, right? Because the fun part of the McGregor fights on the rise was he would say i'm knocking this dude out in the first minute or the first round right and then he would go out and do it and he would trash right. talk all his way up now you say he's carrying a son in the hotel lobby it's just like okay if you're not going to give us that part then we need more of the fight part you know we want right. to see like a banger into the second third fourth round like i'm i'm hoping for one of those obviously it'll be impressive if somebody gets somebody out of there in the first round either way well, but man if we get a that. slug fest in, in yeah of course he says i'm going to knock he, him he out said inside first round seconds. but then he back he backed off that in an interview, right. I think yesterday, where he's like, you know, I, I do want to get the rounds. Yeah. So he's right. like, so he's <laughs> right. like, you know, he backed off the one minute. There's one thing, though, of I want to get the rounds and you kind of move around the outside and you stick and move. But if Dustin Poirier is coming for blood, then uh, it's another thing when you're getting the rounds with like a Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier type of brawler, which uh, that's what I hope for. Right, As yeah. a fan of the sport, too, there's, there's certain matchups people just want to see. Is there anything like I, for me, the matchup I want to see for some reason more than I want to see Connor fight Gaethje. That's a fight uh, I've been dying to see for a long time. I don't know if I'll ever get it. Um, I still want to see Masvidal Edwards. Um, that's a fight I'm dying to. There's just certain matchups, uh, right. eventually Kevin Holland, Adesanya. Is there anything just as a fan you want to see with whether or not it has implications of a title? Yeah, so I'll give this one to uh, a guy that I work with who actually dropped the idea on it, and I was just like, whoa. Nate Diaz, I actually had a dream with Nate Diaz in it last night, uh, but Nate Diaz against Colby Covington. Tell me that's not a, the, oh, be a wow, just a, a powder keg of ridiculousness. And, and, and now that you can smoke weed, they're not going to penalize yeah. you for marijuana. <laughs> right. This could, exactly. That could actually happen. I know. Exactly. But yeah, so I hope Nate Diaz gets back in there in 2021. Yes. He's, he's just got a lightning rod kind of a personality. And, that, and that's an interesting fight, too, because Colby gets under people's skin, even though it's what he does is a lot of times it feels like as if this Forrester, it still bugs people. Yeah. Nate is almost impenetrable as far as that shit's concerned. I, right. I don't think you're going to you're not going to get Nate Diaz's head. You're not going to psych him out. You might beat him, but you're not going to have him second guessing himself. He's just almost it's, it just seems almost impossible to penetrate that. with him. Yeah, Connor and, couldn't like, do it. Right. And beyond the personality too, Colby is just a terrific fighter to watch yeah. i mean just all pressure big numbers no matter what you think of the caricature that he's created like the guy can fight he brings it yeah and i think nate diaz is the type of guy that just stand in there with that and, and be up for it so uh that'd be fun i don't know if it's on the radar or not oh, no it might not be, be great, that's a, that, well supposedly fight, right? supposedly nate diaz has some like dana dropped the hint right like we got something fun planned for nate diaz we'll see if it happens but that was a lightweight i don't know what that is that would be the best embedded ever. <laughs> right. It would be great. That, I mean, my God, would that be right? Uh, yeah. It'd be unbelievable just to see the, the trash talking between those two. Uh, would it know, be Colby a lot would though? have like women in a hot tub or something? Colby's <laughs> <laughs> just... always going to do that. You know, yeah, he's always, always, he's hires, he gets like a bunch of girls from Hooters to come down right. and sit in a hot tub on a, <laughs> on a one bedroom balcony in Vegas. It's hilarious. I know that's what he does. <laughs> and it does bug people. Like it's got to, and, and we, I've talked about this before too. When you watch like Jacare against uh, Kevin Holland, the weird, cause Kevin Holland is such an interesting shit talker. Like he's so different than anybody else. He's playful with it in the yeah. cage and it's got to be infuriating when you're hitting a guy and he's like, Hey, you're improving. Like that. No one likes to hear that, <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't feel like Jacare for a second got roped into that. And that's not his style at all. And it seemed like it affected him. Like, like it seemed like he almost got playful back. And then a second later, Holland nailed And Maybe I'm remembering that yeah. incorrectly, but I thought that he got into it. I'm like, he allowed Kevin to suck him into his kind of mental game. I can't exactly remember um, Jacare's 
total reaction because we're chuckling at Kevin Holland being like, I had a dream about this. You know, look, you know, he just punched him in the face and then he knocks him out five seconds later. Uh, I just talked to Kevin Holland a couple of weeks ago and uh, man, is he smarter? I think than a lot of people give him credit for, and it's certainly working like his whole game plan of, of what he thought he could be. And I, you know, count me as one of the people like he, I, I didn't know if he would had enough at that weight class. He's very tall and lanky and skinny almost. Um, but man, he's strong enough too. And, uh, he's proven it once he's taken on some of the bigger guys, Kevin Holland against Marvin Vittori. I don't hate that fight. If that comes up, obviously he's got Derek Brunson, Kevin Holland's uh, fighting Derek Brunson in March, but we'll see. Yeah. Vittori. I, I mean, this really, when you watch Vittori, uh, against, uh, Hermes, he just, he just like, this is a guy that's on a mission for something like, he yeah, really, he feel, feels almost unstoppable at this point. There's nobody I wouldn't him against Costa. I would love to see. Yeah. Um, that'd be a really, really interesting fight. Um, Cause you know, Adesanya is fighting uh, Blahovich for the light heavyweight. Right. You know, really a very ballsy decision for Adesanya at this point. Cause there's so many interesting, like John Jones cleaned out the division and then moved up. There's a lot of interesting fights left uh, at middleweight. And he's still taking that shot at light heavyweight. Yeah, and we'll see. I mean, he can make the weight easily at 185, so it's not like he has to kill himself to get to that weight so that he can only fight once or twice a year. You know what I mean? Obviously, they're going to want the promotional push with him, and you don't want to put him out there every month, but if he wants to be a busy champion and he happens to get a second belt, then I could see him fighting three times a year You know, uh, with a belt on the line in each division. It always seems like whenever there's a double... And I've noticed in the last maybe a couple of years, how many guys are jumping weight classes. And again, maybe it's just because the, the nutrition and dieting knowledge is so precise. They, they feel like they can do it. And there's better fights available at like Jose Aldo, uh, 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 changing divisions to try to get a title shot. Like I understand why guys are doing it, but I don't think, uh, I've ever seen it happen as much as it's been happening in the last year and a half, two years. Just the, it's not enough now to be a UFC champion, right? If you're a UFC champion, the sport is getting established enough where you're not just going to be a legendary name. So how do you be a legendary name? You be a champion and then you fight up or you fight down and you take another division. You know, that's really become the new way to be an all-time great in pretty short order. You know, Adesanya's only been around for a few years. He's an all-time great if he beats Jan Bohovic already you know what i mean like he's been in the ufc three years um so that i think is something that's very attractive and then with other guys that haven't gotten the belt maybe they see a roadblock you know it's like i i fought six i i didn't beat him and then then i lose to eight all right now maybe it's time to jump so i can have a fresh start so so you're seeing it a lot of different ways and you know it's uh the, the weight cutting is just such a more intricate issue than people on the outside um probably understand so it's not like it's not like you're trying to bulk up. If you move up to 170, you're just cutting 15 pounds instead of 25 right. pounds, right. Or 30 yeah, yeah, yeah. pounds, you know? So it's, uh, it's, it's very different and people do it for different reasons. But I think with the champions doing it, it's just that ultimate path to being a, you know, kind of hall of fame name. Want to be a double champion. Yeah. And Jones, and again, I, I understand Jones is such an amazing athlete, such a smart fighter, but uh, I mean, you know, the rumors that he going to get the winner of Stipe, and Ngannou, and, and that's another fight. Like, what happens with that fight? Because Stipe, again, is another. He's just such a smart fighter. He figured Francis out. He knew what to do. That probably won't happen the same way again. Uh, you right. hope that Ngannou would at least be smart enough to prepare for that, and I think he is. Uh, and he admitted that he underestimated Stipe. But Francis against John Jones, I, I, I know it's crazy to say it, but I worry about John Jones in that fight because I don't know if he's ever been hit by anybody who hits as hard as Francis. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he's such a big guy, though. I mean, John Jones yeah. is 6'5", and he's posting on his Instagram. He's filling out nice, you know what I mean? Like, once you yeah. don't have to yeah. keep the weight down, you know, he doesn't have to get down to 205 and now get up to 220 and stay in that range. Like, he can be 265, so he can just eat, train, lift, whatever, hydrate, and he's not going to be over 265, so he's not going to be undersized there, and he's Jones is just such a smart fighter as well. You talk about Stipe being a smart fighter. The reason why John Jones has the record and the GOAT status that he has is because of how smart he's fought against big, scary guys that that kind of yeah. flips forward that aren't as technical. And he's been able yeah. to handle all of them. So he's going up in weight. I mean, yeah, I mean, Ngannou is like standing in front of a mountain. So <laughs> it, it is going to be a bit different. Jones has always been a heavyweight. I mean, all his fights, when you look after that, when they're in the ring, it's like, look how right. big John was compared to everybody who's fighting. Well, again, like he's probably, guys. 
Yeah, I mean, he's taller than most of them, and he's probably 235 on fight night. You know what I mean? Like, DC yes. was a light heavyweight. You know what I mean? Like, somehow they get right. down there, and then they and they go way the hell back up. Like, Dustin Poirier was, like, over 180 pounds when he fought Hooker, I think, in the octagon. I think he said that. Hooker said that recently. So, you know, they put it back on, man. They, they pack a punch. Yeah, you. Always, I always wonder how – and because Francis has had such a way of, of going – like you know, Velasquez, uh, you know, junior, such a good boxer or Curtis blades, such a, such a solid wrestling. Like, are they going to do this? Are they going to do that? And then he just kind of, and maybe that type of a blitzkrieg, uh, like the thing that worked against Rosenstrike won't work against John. Who's obviously one of the most right. skilled guys in there, but you just wonder how will that, how will he, um, I think Stipe is a better matchup for him than, than Francis, even though Stipe is probably a more, a much more experienced fighter. Yeah, I mean, uh, 2021 is going to be great. I mean, I love when there's action at the top of the heavyweight division, you know, when there's just so hopefully Stipe and Ganu goes down without a hitch and then yeah. and then things can get busy with that belt instead of just being on the line once yeah. a year in the summer. We'll see you next summer. Like, hopefully we can get that thing churned a little used bit. To be yeah. busy. I mean, that, the heavyweight division was just crazy back in the day. Yeah, and at the top, you know, at the yeah. top, it's the best, especially when it's when there's huge fights regularly. So hopefully that's what we get. What do you think happens if McGregor loses in a bad way, knocked out? Or, I mean, you know, it's probably yeah. not going to happen. But if McGregor loses this fight, what happens to him now? Um, Is he above that? Do you think he's above it? Do you think he can just fight whenever he wants and, and bring in the payday just because he's McGregor? Or, or is that going to put a little... Uh, is that going to put a little water? Yeah, like he system? has to... Um, it depends in which the way that he loses, if that were to happen, right? Um, yeah. Because he lost to Nate Diaz and his stock just went sky high because of it, how it all went down. Right. Um, the Diaz trilogy is always out there, right? When in doubt, if McGregor is sitting there at what I can't remember his ranking, one, two, three, something like that. If he all of a sudden loses this fight, he's still in the top five, probably. And uh, he's still got the Diaz trilogy. That's always right. hanging out there if he wants it. There's talks about a Manny Pacquiao boxing match. I don't know how real that is, but there's so many killers in that lightweight division that are just, that are also huge names. Like, okay, what if Connor were to not get it done, but then the Gaethje fight happens? I mean, that's right. huge too. That's huge. You know, that's right. just a, that's, that's another moneymaker and a super high profile fight. He's reached the level where whatever fight he's in, it's going to be just one of the most marquee events of the year. But um, you know, you can't lose too many of those because then then people get over it. Right. Yeah, you're right. But there is always there's a couple of fight. He would have to something terrible. Like he, there's, there is always a Gaethje fight. Uh, Ferguson is a fight that people would like to. Yeah. Like, there's a couple of giant fights he could have. He lost um, to Diaz. He lost to Khabib. He lost to Mayweather. He's lost a, a lot yeah. of big fights. He's lost. Right. And he's yeah. still he's still a moneymaker because, you know, of who he is. I'm just wondering if this fight. You know, if he loses this, if you see what happens. Exactly. But I right. Again, it can't. Yeah. It. It, right. It can't come in bunches. That's the, you know, he lost to Diaz, then he beat him. Right. And, uh, you know, lost to Mayweather. Okay. I lost to a 50 and 0 pro boxer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the best. And then he lost to Habib, you know, greatest of all time. And then, you know, there's questions on the injury and now he's wants the rematch and we'll see if we ever get that. But uh, you can't go and lose three in a row and be like, I'm still the biggest guy. You know, people will get over that. Uh, and before we let you go to, what do you think of, uh, who do you want to see Cyril Gaon ma matched up against next? He's a, he's a, another uh, he's another didn't fun he guy. Didn't he just get Derek a fight? Lewis. Did he Lewis would be great. Rosenstroik, they didn't fight yet, did they? Uh, uh, and no. all the fights are meshing together. But Cyril Gaon at the top there—that's right, because he just beat JDS. Yeah. Like Rosenstroik, I like uh, I like Derek Lewis as you mentioned. I don't hate that one either. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other kind of up and comers in that heavyweight division. Uh, Greg, Hardy I don't know if he lost. has anyone. Who does Greg he Hardy have anyone lined up? Uh, Greg, hold on. I, I can look that up while we're talking instead of uh pretending I remember it because it's oh, Greg Hardy just lost to Tabura. That's right. Tabura looked pretty good. Right, I'll yeah. put Saragon against Tabura. I don't know if they can stand on the feet, slug it out, but they've also shown submissions. Uh, I, I think you got to give Saragon some guy. He just beat JDS. Give him somebody in the top five. Let's see how real he is. He's yeah, like seven. I, no, he's still very young, you know. And he destroyed JDS too, which which made me sad for JDS because I, you know. I was like, a lot of times I'll take the guy who's, uh, uh, you know what? He's scheduled to face uh, Jorginho Rosenstrike. You were correct. That's right. Okay. Um, it looks like Rosenstrike. That's also a great fight. Um, yeah. Rosenstrike's coming off of a, 
a loss to uh, did he just lose to Francis? That was his last loss. My, he lost my... in May to Francis, and uh, when we were down in Jacksonville. So I don't know if he I did he beat somebody else. I don't know, man. When they're all in the same building, I, I I'll tell you, bro. I mean, used to used to be like, oh, that's when we were in. North Carolina, that's what ha happened there. That's when we were in Florida. Now it's just like at the Apex or Fight yeah, Island, yeah, right? And if, yeah. it, and if it happened at the Apex, I couldn't tell you if it was last June or December. Yeah, it's every week. It, there's full cards every week. It, it is very hard to keep track of who fought last. Like, oh, didn't we just interview you? Uh, was it eight months ago? They're like, no, that was Tuesday. Like, oh, all right. Well, you just, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. so many people are jumping into fights that they weren't supposed to be in because people are testing positive for COVID. Right, or, right. I mean, who was it? Uh, it was uh, Holland uh, fought uh, Jacare and Vittoria was supposed to fight Jacare and Holland was supposed to fight Hermanson. Like they just yes. switched opponents. Musical chairs. I, it's yeah. it's great for some fighters. Holland has never uh, been at more of the top of his game because he went five and zero oh and he jumped into those fights. So if you're a fighter that can stay ready and string something together, you can you can rocket your name up the ranks a lot quicker than uh, you could in the past. Brad Davison Figueredo taking a fight. Oh, sorry, Bobby taking a fight with three weeks after. Uh, I mean, yeah. again, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a, a, a. He didn't take any damage in the, the, the Perez fight, but still, it was still to to defend yeah. again after that against right. the, another guy who fought that same night. That was the fun thing about That's that right. one. Be, uh, Brandon Moreno well. fought that night. Got a got a win in the first round. Figueredo got a win in the first round. They said, "Let's stay in Vegas and do it again." That's right. So I mean that's another rematch that's hanging out there for for the title because of how close that was. It was a draw, Incredible. right? And it had all the the drama of a nut shot and an eye poke and a point loss. So yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah that's right. You know, point and some people are like, "Oh, it wasn't a clean fight. That can't be fight of the year." And I'm like, "Man, my palms were sweating. He took a point, got kicked, and then you know he was collapsed. Moreno he couldn't breathe. So uh, had all the drama that you want. We'll see what happens when they run it back." Yeah, I I uh, I, I I gotta be honest with you, bro. The first time I saw your, you, uh, Fitzy, if I call you Fitzy. Oh, uh, come on. I, it was, the, was when you were in uh, Mexico when they started throwing Under stuff. the table. And you, let me tell you something. That video, I've watched it probably 17 times. <laughs> Bisping is such, he's so funny. He just stands up. I don't, I don't, he just take I, it. I don't hide, Brendan. I don't hide, right, Brendan. I don't hide, Brendan, <laughs> but you. You literally did exactly what I would have done is <laughs> as, as soon as that. Well, I just, yeah, coming. like, <laughs> but you're the funniest line. Yeah, you I mean, said, I you went, I know it's a, it's only a dry cleaning bill. I know <laughs> you were trying to justify. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, as I'm sitting under there, I'm just like, it's going to be beer and that's it. So I'm just going to acknowledge the, the ridiculousness of what I'm doing right now, but I didn't feel like getting soaked with beer and looking over my shoulder and Bisping, not just not ducking or not taking cover, but shadow boxing, you know, 15,000 <laughs> fans throwing stuff, you know, I'm well, like, when he realized a phone, you're not gonna, he realized you were under the table. He, you could see him go, I gotta get my phone. And he like, got yes, so excited I know. I know. and literally just shot you on Instagram under the table. Yeah. But the best part, you were still announcing. You didn't stop announcing. <laughs> we weren't going to commercial. That that's much for sure. So I just knew I could be covered on three sides, and I could I could take a look out and, and keep it going. This is the best video ever. You did not. Yeah. You just went under the table. You could just hear you announcing and Bisbing fighting bottles, and then videotaping yes. you under the table. <laughs> and if he greatest. doesn't put me on his Instagram story, I don't know if that sees the light of the day. You know, because it wasn't a, a clear thing, and we didn't show it on the broadcast or whatever. Oh, it but I'm, I'm, I'm fine. It was funny the whole time. And uh, it was great. Hopefully it doesn't end up. Hopefully it doesn't end up being the biggest moment of my career. But for right. now, it no. is. Dude, it was a professional. <laughs> I mean, dude, let me tell you, that was Howard Cosell shit. You <laughs> did not stop doing your job. There we right? go. There we and go. It was, it was fucking great, dude. It was awesome. Thanks, it really made me go. I love this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bobby. Making Massachusetts proud with that one. I was fucking great, dude. Uh, yeah, Brendan, thanks so much, man. This was really fun hey, uh, having yeah. you on. And uh, obviously, uh, anytime you want to come on, we'd love to talk. And let's promote the uh, the podcast. It's called the Fitz Nation yes. podcast. And when is that out and where can people get that? Uh, Fitz Nation is on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, I just dropped an episode with Gilbert Burns today. who's fighting for the title in a few weeks. So yeah. thanks for plugging that. appreciate it. It's a long form interview of kind of where they came from, you know. It's the uh, it's kind of the Bob Costa sit down version of MMA podcasting. So I'm happy to do it. Yeah. Awesome, man. It's good talking to you. And uh, we will definitely uh, see you again soon.
Hey, enjoy the fights this weekend, guys. We'll see what happens. McGregor, Poirier, always happy to come on with you. Thanks. All right. Talk to you soon, buddy. Take care. It's fun. Yeah, I, I love talking to the guys who announce fights, whether it's him or Anik or, uh, you know, DC or Best, any of those guys, because they they just, Dominic Cruz, they have this encyclopedic knowledge. Um, Dominic Cruz is a really interesting guy. Uh, it, it, we, I've interviewed him before, uh, not on this show, but on, on the serious and talks about depression. He's really open and interesting guy to talk to. Yeah. They're real smart guys. I love Bisbing and, 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 and Fitz. Yeah. Uh, they're a good team. Uh, but that, I mean, dude, that, I don't know if you ever saw that video, but it's, it's one of the funniest videos. Ever. I've never seen it. Oh, it's so they're in the middle of this thing and some shit went down in the ring and the crowd turns in Mexico and they just start hucking shit into the ring. And he immediately goes under the table. <laughs> and I don't Bisping is such an alpha. He just goes, I don't go to start trying to punch the bottles as this coming. To him. <laughs> and then he's such an ass. He just takes out his camera. You can tell he, he does a podcast with Luis Gomez. Cause the first thing is I need to get him on the table on fucking social media. Yeah. yeah and he's Lewis. under the table still <laughs> announcing. He's just he's just under the table. Uh, we have uh, they're throwing stuff. It's it's fucking epic. Really great. He's a great guy. Bisming's so yeah. funny too. He's very funny. He guy. is. He's a great interview. Uh, he's a very very fun guy. Um, well, this was great, man. Thank you, Bobby. What are you plugging to? Where can people see you, Bobby? Such a great comic. I got um I got two things. I only got two things on my. It's so sad. I have two shows in 2021 so far. Um, one is this weekend at Soul Joe's in Royal Fred, Connecticut, uh, New Pennsylvania. I don't know where it is, okay. but the main this uh, Saturday night, it's actually before the fight. I know everybody's going to the fight, go to the fight, order the fight. And I'm actually going to order the fight on my iPad and watch it at the show. So go to my show and you can hang out with me and watch the fight. And then next week is actually a big event. I'm doing my first live pay-per-view uh, uh, on um, uh, from the Wall Street Theater in Norwalk, Connecticut. Uh, uh, January 30th. Uh, if you go to robertkellylive.com, you can buy tickets all over the world and order my my stand up and watch me live. That's great. Uh, from your living room, get a bunch of friends, do whatever you want, or just order it and don't watch it. I don't care. Yeah. But uh, it's uh, January 30th. Robertkellylive.com to order that pay per view. That's awesome, buddy. Well, yeah. thanks, man. It's good seeing you again, and uh, we'll do yeah, it again. It was fun. All yeah, right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, uh, Brendan Fitzgerald and Jessica. I both really, really fun people to talk to. I'll see you soon, buddy. Bye, buddy. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Thanks.